0: our skin become blessings the movement is the rhythm to us freedom is like religion to us Justice is in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, the spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and manned up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up Keep pointed to the mountaintop, top and we ran up and young people's energy welcome to the story we call victory the coming of the Lord my eyes have seen the glory
1: My name is Sarah Basehart. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a member of your Board of Trustees, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we in Columbia reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty Minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help to keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests Joining worship this morning, we encourage you to fill out the visitors' form in the lobby or online and connect with others in the virtual or in person social hour after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending worship in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. I just have one announcement and that is, we hope to see you this upcoming Saturday, April 11th at noon for UUCC's first potluck in a long time. Celebration Saturday will be a fun-filled afternoon filled with games, fellowship, and yes, food. We invite everyone to attend this indoor-outdoor event. You can sign up to bring food and volunteer to support the event on UUCC's website. And now we're going to hear from UUCC member Ken Rock about UU the Vote.
2: Good morning. morning. It's good to be here. In 2020, volunteers from this community joined Unitarian Universalists all over the country in UU the Vote, an initiative designed to engage, educate, and mobilize voters with a focus on democracy, voting rights, and electoral justice. We wrote postcards and letters, made phone calls, and sent texts to members of communities underrepresented in past elections, providing information on voter registration, voting requirements, and mail-in ballots, and encouraging them to get out and vote. We contacted dozens of colleges and universities and asked that they commit to ensure that all eligible students could vote. We partnered with the NAACP, CASA, Vote Forward, Get Money Out Maryland, and other organizations in their efforts to strengthen our democracy. We held forums to educate voters on local elections. We supported election defenders' efforts in Baltimore on election day, and traveled to Pennsylvania to support the election. And we helped plan the Protect the Results rally at Symphony Woods after the election. I paraphrase the following words from the UU The Vote guide as I felt they captured its essence. UU The Vote is one of four distinct campaigns within the UUA's side with love. It is nonpartisan. It is centered on building power for long-term organizing and solidarity with mass movements for justice led by the most impacted people. It is guided by a politics of love and based in compassion, care, justice, and equity. UU The Vote 2022 launched officially on April 10th, and a few members of UUCC attended the launch party, as well as a volunteer activation event last week. With less than 200 days before the midterm elections, there is a lot of work to do, and the time to start is now. In addition to the activities we undertook in 2020, I would like to see more in-person events, such as canvassing, And I would like to hear ideas from members of this community. I'm also hopeful that we can engage more young people in this effort. As much as I love people of my generation, I feel that we were overrepresented in the group last time. Elections make a difference. Voting makes a difference. If you are interested or think that you might be interested or have questions or ideas, please seek me out after the service or contact me by email or phone. My contact information is in Realm. Thank you, and now we'll hear from some of our youth about today's local gathering on climate-based displacement. Good
3: morning. Good morning. My name is Tegan Vero-McLaughlin, and my pronouns are she and her. The youth of UUCC are inviting you to join us this afternoon for a creative activity and discussion on climate-based displacement. This event will be a local gathering held in conjunction with the UUA at UN Climate Spring Seminar, but everyone is welcome to attend. We have also invited other congregations to join us today in order to foster community and connection between us. It'll take place in this sanctuary directly after service with a forum led by the climate team. So just stick around after the service to come. We will proceed with a meet and greet as well as a found art project where we will be collecting trash from outside and making it into art until 3 p.m. To sweeten the deal, the climate team is also providing food such as pizza. If you are available, we would love to see you there in support of the youth of our congregation.
2: Thank you.
4: Thank you, Tegan. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Sarah. Good morning, everybody. The choir is here. (laughs) Welcome back. My name is Paige Getty. It's my great honor to serve as minister of this congregation. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers. And I'm really glad to see many of you, many of whom I know, are here for the first time on a Sunday morning in over two years so welcome back. If you are here in the sanctuary this morning and you need a hearing assistance device, those are available from the sound booth in the back, so please go see the tech team and they'll hook you up. Also, if you want to follow along in an order of service, which we are not currently printing many copies of, you can access that with the QR code that will appear on the screen or the URL that you'll find in the Zoom chat. If you're a guest today, please do complete a visitor form so that we can stay in touch with one another beyond just Sunday morning. And if you have personal joys or sorrows that you would like to hear voiced during that time of the service later today, please send those to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net or handwrite them in the book that's in the back of the sanctuary many thanks to everyone who is contributing to this morning's service we have a great hospitality team today the tech team of course religious education volunteers the staff who worked so hard all week to prep for the services thank you to sarah and kay and dave and carol and inga and laurie for all the words we're going to hear spoken thank you of course to staff members michael and kelly as always for your contributions to worship And extra special thanks to Zach and Tim and Phil and Chris of the tech team for this tech-heavy service this morning. Thank you, all. So for many years, it has been a beloved tradition in UUCC for our music ministry to offer two special worship services each year, one during the winter holiday season and one in the spring. And for these services, the choir always invests an incredible amount of time and effort so that they can demonstrate excellence and proficiency in performing musical selections that stretch them and that move us, who get to listen. These two years of pandemic have disproportionately affected the choir, this choir whose emotional and physical and spiritual well-being depends on the shared in-person experience of rehearsal and performance. So it's been a real loss for them and for the rest of us not to experience their music live and in person, even though we have been decidedly blessed by their virtual anthems and other digital musical offerings over these two years. So it is with distinct joy and a lot of emotion that we welcome these musicians back to the chancel today as we celebrate 30 years of choral music at UUCC. So, in the spirit of that most prolific writer, Anonymous, who said, singing in a choir is cheaper than therapy, healthier than drinking, and more fun than working out, <laughs> let us worship. chalice for us this morning? Thank you. It is a Unitarian Universalist tradition worldwide to light a flame in a chalice when we gather for worship. Excellent. Thank you. This morning, we dedicate our flaming chalice with words of the writer Anthony Hinks, who said, we cannot listen to one voice above all others. We must listen to a choir of voices if we are to understand the individual tunes. Will you please rise now in body or in spirit? We're going to lift our voices together in multiple ways. First, by speaking together the words of our congregational covenant, as we remind ourselves of these promises we make to each other. Strengthened by our common humanity, and inspired by our seven principles,
5: we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits,
4: to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the, of the world, world and of, of human And now I'm going to invite you to greet one another, those of you here in the room with gentleness and kindness and understanding, since we're not all comfortable with this. Those of you online, we're glad to have you here. Say hello. Yes. Hello.
5: It's almost a
4: percent.
5: time. Christian, come the i Hey,
4: say hello to sylvia thank you remains we sing of golden mornings
6: My name is Kelly Daniker. My pronouns are she and hers, and it is my joy to serve as the religious education assistant at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. I'm going to take a moment and invite our kids um, to come down front. I have a little something that I need your help with this morning. Good morning. Come on down. Yeah, you can come down. Oh, you can come sit right here. You're awesome. Singer-songwriter Paul McCartney once said, I love to hear a choir. I love the humanity to see the faces of real people devoting themselves to a piece of music. I like the teamwork. It makes me feel optimistic about the human race when I see them cooperating like that. A choir is very much a community of people coming together to work toward a common goal. In the case of a choir, the goal is performing music together. And within this community, there are several parts available. Often there are four parts, soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. The choir members, along with their choir director, decide together where their vocal talents might best serve the rest of the community. While there are often four parts, sometimes there are more. Soprano one, soprano two, alto one, alto two, tenor one, tenor two, bass one, bass two. This week, I wondered to myself, is there a limit to the number of parts available in a choir? Theoretically, I found out the answer is no. In fact, English composer, Renaissance composer, Thomas Tallis, once wrote a part comprised of 40, different parts, written for eight choirs of five parts each, 40 parts in all, 40 parts all cooperating to contribute to the whole. In our faith community, we are so lucky to have amongst us those who choose to share their musical talents, and they contribute to our community by being a member of the choir. Now while you may not be someone who shares that desire, you undoubtedly still have a place in our faith community in our music ministry, in our communal choir. And so this morning, as a reminder of that, your minister of musical, Michael Adcock, asked me to share a video of a song with you this morning. But first I'm gonna teach you the chorus and a couple of motions to go along with it. So can I ask you to stand in body or in spirit? (laughs) And the first line of our song is, all god's creatures got a place in the choir can everybody do that together All god's creatures got a place in the choir feel free to modify this one but you guys some sing low and some sing higher feel free to jump up <laughs> some sing out loud on the telephone wire some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got should we put that all together? One time. Michael, you want to put it all together? And All God's
5: creatures got a place in the world. Some more
1: show you a video. You
6: can feel free to modify that sitting if you would like. During the video, I want you to watch for the chorus and when it comes, we'll do those together. Tech team, if you please. All oh, God's
5: creatures got a place in the choir. Some sing low and some sing high. Some sing out
7: loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or pause or anything they got now. Oh, God's creatures
5: got a place in the choir. Some sing low and some sing high. Some sing high. Some <laughs>
7: the bird sings and the melodies And the high notes ringing And the hoot owl
0: cries over everything
4: And the
7: blackbird
0: disagrees Singing in the night time, singing in the day And the little duck quacks and like he's on his way And the otter hasn't got much to say And the pug pine talks to himself
5: Some sing high, some sing out
2: aloud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now Dogs and cats, they take off the middle where the honeybee hums And the cricket fiddles, the donkey braids and the pony nets and the old grey just sigh Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog <laughs> croaks And the
7: hippopotamus moans and groans with a big tattoo And the old cow just goes moo All oh, that's screws got a place in the choir Some sing low and
5: some sing high Some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their
7: hands
5: or paws or anything they got got And the fox and the grins in there. There The, 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 the donkey alligator and the hog above The sly old creature and the turtle dove All those creatures got a place, the place in the choir Some sing low and some sing high Some sing out loud on the telephone <laughs> wire Some just got their hands the balls Or anything they do All those creatures got a place in the choir Some sing low and some sing high Some sing out loud on the telephone wire <laughs>
6: <laughs> Please join me in singing our children to class.
5: <laughs>
8: come on, this way, folks. Do you want to come? <laughs>
7: Good morning, everyone. Ah. (laughs) Welcome to another annual spring music service. But more importantly, your chalice choirs return to the chancel live after a two-year hiatus from singing in worship. Hurry. I'm so thrilled that we're back and hope that you missed our contributions during morning services. I know I have. While the service is not exactly what I typically have in mind for our annual music service, I thought I'd pivot a little, instead take advantage of the challenge of singing masked and having limited rehearsal time to take a reflective look back at the history of great choral singing here at UUCC. So this morning, in the way of audio and video recordings, live anthems, and personal reflections from some longtime Chalice Choir members, we will celebrate 30-plus years of UUCC choral music history. Your Chalice Choir's performing output is extensive, and we have three decades of Chalice Choir recordings to choose from. So this morning we're going to hear some wonderful but suitably brief examples of our choir and performances between roughly 1998 to the present. Although we've been told that there was a fledgling choir before Tom Benjamin and I came upon the scene, I don't believe any available recordings exist from those very early days. I planned the service to be more of an audio and a video reflection of our great program more than any detailed historical explanation of what happened when, which we've already done in the past. I figured, let's let the music speak for itself. So most every piece of music this morning will be something from our chalice choir, including the beautiful recorded gathering and postlude selections that you heard. Of course, it goes without saying that the music program at UUCC is about much more than just our chalice choir. We've got special instrumental music, congregational performers, other ensembles such as the Chalice Messengers, the Chalice Singers, the Chalice Rebels, and prior to the pandemic, the Chalice Lights as well. We also host two wonderful concert series, the Coffee House and the Classical Chalice Concert Series, who just happens to have a wonderful concert evening coming up this Saturday, April 30th when we host the Beaussoir Ensemble for flute, viola, and harp, which I hope you'll consider joining us for. But this morning, since it is traditionally our annual chalice choir music service and triumphant return, the primary focus, focus will be on those wonderful folks sitting over there. I can't let the morning go by, however, without acknowledging the obvious contributions of our esteemed music director emeritus, Tom Benjamin, especially since he is that well let me finish let me finish <laughs> especially since he is the primary conductor in the majority of the recordings you'll hear today so i am thrilled that he is present in the sanctuary for this audio traversal of our combined choral history tom now you can clap yeah <laughs> Special thanks as always to the tech team who are so helpful and flexible in putting together all the recordings and videos for us this morning. And of course, immense kudos and gratitude to Lori Coltree for continuing to create beautiful video images to accompany our audio recordings and helping to educate about some fascinating historical details of the music we sing, in addition to sharing some candid snapshots of our choir and congregation in action. She's really outdone herself this time. Thank you, Lori. It likely goes without saying that the COVID pandemic has been rough on churches. You no doubt know all about the challenges of religious worship during this extended period of uncertainty. And of course, choirs have suffered tremendously. Many of my colleagues lost more than half of their choir membership during the pandemic. I count us as lucky, as we still have a relatively healthy group and even we have gained five new members, and mostly tenors. (laughs) Hooray! But we are still obviously down numbers. Some older members no longer feel confident with their singing voices or don't feel comfortable singing masks, but do tell me they intend to return when it is safe to remove them when singing. Others have simply slipped through the cracks as they have attempted to balance their own lives, dealing with either unemployment challenges their own health or illnesses among their family members. I'm hopeful that we will eventually get our numbers back to pre-pandemic levels so that we can continue to offer the excellent choral music tradition that has become part of our music here at UUCC. I'd be dishonest if I didn't say that the challenges of figuring out and creating choral music during the pandemic weren't at times seriously defeating for me. Luckily, I had great help But still, there were many moments when I felt quite exasperated, depressed, and thought it would just be easier to quit. But thankfully, I didn't let those pandemic demons rule me completely. I've been especially grateful for all the staff and congregational support that I received during the pandemic, those private gestures that helped to buoy me during the rougher patches. And in particular, the majority of the members of the choir who remained patient and steadfast, offering hugs and warm words of encouragement rather than criticism in the middle of all the challenges. You have no idea what a boon that kind of support was and is to me. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Of course, when our chalice choir offers live pieces in this morning's service, they still have to remain masked. <laughs> which is unfortunate for the depth and clarity of our sound, especially also that you will be unable to really see the whole range of musical expression on their faces. However, I think and hope that the meaning of the music we sing will still translate. So finally, I hope that you enjoy this 30-year musical snapshot of the UCC Chalice Choir journey. Part nostalgia, warning, there may be some tears, part memorable glory, and tremendous pride in what has been accomplished and hope for what the future might be able to bring onward. I've invited a few of our old timers to speak this morning and share some memories of their many combined years in the chalice choir. I use the phrase old timers only because they were here from the early days, if not all from the early 90s to even from the late 80s. Interspersed between these reflections will be some brief recorded excerpts from some of our most memorable performances. The recordings obviously vary in terms of sound and quality, but offer a nice snapshot of the vastness of our range and repertoire. For those of you on Zoom, there are no pictures or slides for these anthems. They're meant to be experienced audio only. So first I'd like to ask Kay Baker to come forward and share a few few words. Good morning.
9: I joined the choir in 1994, not (laughs) 1894. I had been a realtor for several years and thought I didn't have time for the commitment because of a busy schedule. I would attend services and listen to the choir. It became clear that I needed and longed for more music in my life and contribute to this growing congregation. I've had the privilege to sing under the direction of Michael Adcock and Tom Benjamin. I was challenged by the music they chose from different styles, musical periods, and languages. Many were written for choirs by dead European composers, and Tom, however, would mix it up by choosing pieces by living composers. My most vivid memory of these past 28 years was very unexpected. I knew we were an excellent choir. In fact, somebody said, They don't sound like a church choir. We had rehearsed and rehearsed Mozart's Requiem, putting the mechanical pieces together, almost like a puzzle. The rhythm, the diction, the phrasing, notes. And in this particular case, Latin. At last, it was whole and the choir was ready to share the musical offering with the congregation at the annual music service i have no words that can meaningfully describe what happened we sang as if we were one breathing organism i had goosebumps I felt as if I had been taken to another dimension. We had become the music. It was magical, the way Mozart had intended it to be. Then it was over. I was high and felt that I had been part of something bigger than myself but in a very short time, I felt depressed for a few days, as if an old friend had left town. The choir has been there for me during the worst time of my life, when my daughter Courtney and her baby died. I was nurtured by the choir and the music we sang. It was truly a gift. Singing is our gift to you, our congregation. We sing to lift your spirits as well as ours.
7: Our first excerpt this morning is the majestic opening movement from the Bach Magnificat, performed and recorded right here in Sanctuary C for a music service in 2016. I particularly appreciate the versatility of our wonderful digital keyboard here plus timpani, sounding very much like an entire Baroque orchestra of strings and trumpets.
10: Dave Hegman. Um, Michael asked slash coerced me into doing this, but that's okay. Uh, so I put together a little little thought process here. It's called Music is Like Green Tea. For the past three decades or so, I've been a member of the choir, singing in the bass section. Uh, during my working years, starting at the age 17, uh, I was a bass trombone player and worked and went to school uh, at the University of Miami, and worked in the hotels over on Miami Beach. Um, 1971, at the age of 23, I enlisted in the United States Army Field Band to travel the world with the Army until I retired in 1992. Before retirement, I had decided to stop playing professionally uh, to pursue other interests, mostly driven by the knowledge that in order to stay at a particular performance level, it would take regular ensemble playing, and countless hours of individual practice. It was a very hard decision, but it turned out well. It was at that time that I started uh, full-time with the choir, and my discovery that music is like green tea. Now, I'm not proclaiming the benefits of green tea, though I am told they are many. I'm just using it as an analogy. You can like to have an occasional cup of green tea, or you can enjoy listening to music now and again. But when you commit yourself to music or drink copious and deeply of green tea, it can often be healthful, enriching, and life-changing. The dedication to either infusing a different way of looking at life. To wit, soon after retirement, I felt a yawning hole appear in my life. Music was not important to most people around me. And strangely enough, not everyone could read music. (laughs) What's with that? Enter Tom Benjamin, Michael Adcock, and the Chalice Choir. Over the ensuing 30 years or so to to date, I have been uh, exposed to um, performing music of lots of dead European guys, gospel singing, the blues, the music of... uh, uh, Cuban-American, Afro-Cuban music, slave chants, Gregorian chants, hammered dulcimer, southern-style shape singing, um, and modern, uh, I guess, experimental atonal music, which is kind of hard for me, being a tenor kind of guy. In the choir, we have sung in Latin, French, German, Italian, Spanish, Japanese, Old English, Portuguese, several dialects of modern english and i know that i'm obviously forgetting something but the most important mixing is, the most important thing was mixing with people for whom music is at some personal level a cornerstone in their lives during my work when things uh, after i retired uh, when things got a little sticky i would often say to myself if i can just make it through thursday afternoon uh, evening choir where I could have a t- time to be with my peeps, everything would be okay. It's often said that America is a divided nation, and from my travels and what we've heard on the news, it's obviously true. However, in the choir, the phrase, all of us being on the same page of music, really means something. <laughs> so, Let's get all of America together to sing in a choir, coast to coast. We're going to sing one tune. Now, this is probably not going to happen. But if we started looking for small ways to be on the same page, it would really help. I was reminded that I loves me some music in my life. And along the way, we could have a little green tea. Thank you.
7: It's actually thanks to Dave that we have many of these wonderful professional recordings that we can listen to. So thank you, Dave. Next, the Angelic Sanctus Movement from a 2017 performance of the beautiful Foray Requiem. Again, from a music service performance here in our sanctuary.
3: Zyka. I have to say, I have been transported by that, those recordings. It was 1989 when I first visited UUCC. Tom Benjamin had just been hired as the first paid music director, and he agreed to do so, I recall, with the stipulation that he could bring along his talented TA from Peabody, Michael Adcock. I was gobsmacked with the quality of the music every week. I loved Michael's piano expertise. I loved that the choir sang in different languages. And thank you for covering all of that, Um, Dave. (laughs) I sat and listened for a year. Then I decided to join the choir. We were always challenged when learning, and I was one of those non-readers, Dave. Um, We all learned every week. UUCC choir members receive a music education beyond the pale. I particularly loved the variety of music we sang, the fancy highbrow stuff that appealed to the serious among us, the playful pieces and my favorite, the spirituals. One year, when Tom was scheduled for sabbatical, we auditioned for a substitute. It was not a successful experience. And Michael agreed to fill in as director, in addition to accompanying. Good training for his current position. Another time, when Michael took time off to finish his doctorate, we auditioned for an accompanist. And we also could not agree on a candidate until Peabody musician Joanna Ting came in, and she was a delight. The choir is a community within our community. In a sizable congregation, this is important to connecting to the whole. The music is serious, but the rehearsals are really fun and the friendships formed are real. Becoming involved with the music program made all the difference in feeling a part of UUCC. Thank you for the music.
7: Thank you, Carol. Now we step back a little in time to 2009 when we performed the Poulenc Gloria, before the move into our current sanctuary and prior to the purchase of our digital keyboard. According to Poulenc, at least one movement of this unique work was inspired by the sight of Benedictine monks playing soccer. (laughs) The jocular dance movements of the fourth movement, Domine fili Unigenite, are well set up in the piano introduction.
8: and I've been in Columbia since 1969 and I started singing actually when I was 18 at Queens College in New York and started to sing the Messiah and also it started my lifelong love for Gilbert and Sullivan which uh, my husband and I um, started singing with a group in Baltimore and we were doing that all during our marriage I got divorced in uh, 1969 and moved to Columbia with my children, James and Allison, whom a lot of you probably know, and, um, the, uh, uh, and Vern Rhodes' mother, uh, Jean Rhodes, was the wife of a temporary minister, Richard Rhodes, and she led the choir, which met at their home on Patriot Lane in Columbia on Thursdays. I think we sang at the service every Sunday, I'm not sure, I really enjoyed that choir. Its size might have been around 12 or less. At that time, the UUCC was meeting at a farmhouse that was part of the YMCA in Ellicott City. Do any of you remember that? Hey, there's somebody. (laughs) Uh, Later, UUCC moved to several different locations. The next choir director was another woman for just a year. Don't remember her name. And then Tom Benjamin, thank goodness, (laughs) (laughs) and Michael, thank you, there, (laughs) Um, with whom I've enjoyed singing ever since. UUCC has been so fortunate in its choir directors, and so have I. Finally,
7: I can't let the morning pass without sharing at least one virtual video memory of our Chalice Choir's Pandemic era contribution, of which there are several. The majority of the members you see sitting on the chancel stage either created or sent individual audio video tracks from home or traveled to Ross Martin's Pandemic Studios to record their parts. Needless to say, this work was the fruition of an almost Herculean effort of combined efforts, hours, I should say, of preparatory work, the choir's individual contributions, Ross's studio work, and the Coltry's expert audio and video editing. The short Morley Madrigal is one of my personal favorites from this period. Now is the month of May when merry
5: lives are playing. La, 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 la 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 Now is the month of May When merry lads are playing la 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 Each with his bonny lass Upon the greeny grass la 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 la. The spring cloud all in gladness. Stuff laugh at winter sadness. La 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 la. The spring cloud all in gladness. Stuff laugh at winter sadness. la 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 la. la And to the sound, the nymphs spread out their ground. La 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 And to the back, of sound, the nymphs spread out their ground. La 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 then, sit we musing, You sweet life, refusing? la la la.
2: La 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 la. Is we
5: using you sweet delight? Refusing. la 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 la. la Say dating nips and speak. Shall we play barley break? la 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 la. Say dating nips and speak. Shall we play barley break? la 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 la.
7: Wow, <laughs> it was very difficult for me to narrow down those selections. I know adults would be here all day. S- changing gears slightly here, uh, Lori Coultry and I are initiating a new program about spirituals uh, reparations, uh, spirituals reparations, basically. And I've invited Lori to come up and tell you a little bit about the program.
11: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My pronouns are she and her and I'm a white person in my late 60s. I've sung alto in the chalice choir for 19 years, and I guess this morning that makes me a newcomer. (laughs) Some congregations have started collecting an offering of financial reparations whenever Negro spirituals are performed. Mostly, the creators of this music did not receive compensation for their works, adding to the many other acts of economic marginalization heaped on them and their communities and descendants. This is very personal to me. Two of today's choir anthems are Negro spirituals. A large part of why I sing is that it is joyful and it's healing, and it connects me with my community. When we sing Negro spirituals, I feel out of right relationship with the original musicians as well as their descendants, including those in the room listening. The more I learn about Black history, the worse I feel. After decades of wrestling with these issues and trying to educate myself, I have concluded that adequate reparations are the only way to gain right relations and build real trust. Paying reparations for the destructive legacy of enslavement is a controversial topic in the USA, but it shouldn't be. We need to make whole what we as a nation broke. Only then can we move forward in right relationship with each other, Reparations are not charity. They are a repayment of a moral and humanitarian debt that human beings and institutions owe to each other. UUCC gives us the chance to practice being our best selves, and paying reparations for Negro spirituals gives us one such opportunity. Of course, it's a tiny baby step, but it can be a prelude to bigger things. Now, how will it work? Each time we perform a Negro spiritual, we'll offer explanations about its original meaning and significance, and there will be a separate collection basket for reparations. I'll put the basket in the back of the room on the hymnal bookshelves for you to use as you leave today. Some of the opposition... Thank you, Paige. some, Some of the opposition to paying reparations for slavery and its aftermath lie in the complexities of pinpointing who has been harmed and how much. Truly, this is a case of the perfect being the enemy of the good. We think the simpler the better, so we can be expeditious. In a way, these reparations resemble delayed royalties on the descendants of those who created these songs. We're still working out the details of how the funds will be allocated. One church, for example, gives their funds to a foundation that supports black musicians. As these plans firm up, we'll keep you posted. Your decision about whether to contribute and how much to put in the basket will be an opportunity to ponder your relationship to white supremacy culture and to start building your own muscle of reparative justice-making. Let it be a personal struggle on your spiritual journey, an act of joy and healing, and one small step in our larger collective action to dismantle a racist system. If you are interested in learning more about Reparations Project, a link is in today's order of service, or come to our table in the fellowship hall after worship, where you can also make a contribution. And thank you for listening.
4: Thank you Lori. We are now going to enjoy another beautiful video selection and um While we enjoy that, you're going to see on the screen instructions for how to contribute to our weekly offering. So I I invite you to offer your gifts generously for the work of this congregation in the world, and those offerings will be collected very graciously and gratefully. If you'd like to put cash or checks in the basket for this regular offering, it's on the table by the exit doors, the reparations basket is over by the hymnals, and you can give electronically following the instructions on the screen. Thank you all for your generosity, and thank you, choir, for this wonderful music.
7: let me say first that I appreciate your indulgence what is, for what is obviously a longer-than-usual service, but the music services are always that way, yes? As Laurie mentioned earlier, two of our pieces this morning our live pieces, are spirituals. I selected them specifically to accompany the launch of this reparations project, and because they are wonderful works and pieces that we've been working on since we began meeting again after the recent Omicron surge, A spiritual, of course, is a type of folk song associated with enslaved people, primarily of the American South. And they encompass singing songs, work songs, plantation songs, and were often rooted in biblical stories with hope and aspiration for emancipation from the condition of slavery. These songs were often sung in secret at bush meetings and camp meetings and influenced later musical genres of gospel, jazz, and blues musics, Most often passed down through oral tradition, spirituals were not published until after the Civil War, and consequently many of the creators did not receive any compensation for their work. Today, black musicians encourage the singing of spirituals by anyone of any color, as long as the true meaning of the song is relayed and shared in a respectful and honorable way. While we already strive to do this here at UUCC, that's what I will do this morning, and hopefully each and every time we sing a spiritual in worship. Swing Low Sweet Chariot is one of the most treasured and widely recognized African-American spirituals, placed in the National Archives of the Library of Congress and identified as one of the historical songs of the 20th century. The wonderful and important Jubilee Singers of Fisk University popularized this and many other spirituals during their concert tours. Like many other older spirituals, the specific history of the composition is a bit cloudy, but we think it was written by one Wallace Willis was actually a Choctaw Native American slave from a territory in Oklahoma. He may have been inspired by the sight of the Red River where he toiled, as it reminded him of the River Jordan and the prophet Elijah ascending to heaven on a chariot. The song uses the theme of death to remind the audience that glory awaits in heaven when Christians believe they will transcend earthly suffering. Originally a call and response song, the spiritual uses rhetoric and poetic imagery to help bring the performers and listeners into a state of ecstasy and connection with the Holy Spirit. Many spirituals, of course, contained coded language or secret meanings that assisted slaves in specific strategies, sometimes even maps, to facilitate escape. Think, follow the drinking gourd, which were the stars of the Big Dipper or Wade in the Water, which taught slaves how to throw off the scent of chasing bloodhounds. Swing Low Sweet Chariot, apparently one of Harriet Tubman's favorites, suggests in code that another conductor would soon be coming to carry them home to freedom. In this song, due to the complicated history of the Choctaw native Willis, the piece's power might lie in the idea that it was born in the convergence of two tragedies in American history, the horrors of African slavery and the injustice of Native American removal. Dry Bones has a slightly different background than Swing Low, and while perhaps not technically a true spiritual, the song has been handed down to us from a place of profound human struggle of both racial equality and refugee crisis. Written in the 1920s by James Weldon Johnson, the purpose of the tune was to reinforce and give motivational inspiration to an Old Testament story from the prophet Ezekiel in which the Babylonians destroyed the temple in his hometown of Jerusalem. While in a refugee camp, Ezekiel worried about his countrymen losing faith in God and had a vision in which a pile of dusty skeletons would rise up from the ground and, lo, the sinews and flesh appeared upon them and the skin covered them over. All the biblical, although the biblical passages sometimes read at funerals and, and interpreted as a promise of life after death, Ezekiel's vision was that his subjugated race would survive this theme proved a popular text for black members preaching in the United States at the end of the 19th century, and is likely how James Weldon Johnson heard it as a child. Many musical ensembles adapted the text in tune and arrangements throughout the 20th century, perhaps the most popular from Fats Waller, who took the piece in a slightly more macabre direction in an arrangement in 1940. He removed some of the introductory sermonizing and added some jokes to make it a secular, almost Halloween number. That's the version that mostly exists today and is similar to the arrangement that the Chalice Choir will share this morning. You'll hear Waller's Harlem stride technique in the piano part and the humorous way the piece's text growls in savoring delight as each bone is connected to the next. Enjoy.
5: Thank you.
4: Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Lori, for all of the education. Thank you, choir, for the music. Hallie, would you help me at the Joys and Sorrows table? Thank you. We are going to take a few minutes and honor the joys and sorrows that have been shared among the community, as is our tradition each week. Hallie will place a pebble in our communal bowl of water in honor of each individual thing that is shared, representing the way that our individual lives ripple out and touch all of us in community. Will you now join me for just a moment of silent reflection, which will be followed by a music meditation. And if you'd like to come up, those of you in the sanctuary, and drop your own pebbles in the water in silence during the music meditation, you may do that. With love and care, we hold all that has been spoken this morning. Amen. Blessed be. Spirit, we're going to sing. You're going to sing. Multi- see multiple verses on the screen. We're going to sing only the first one and the last one. done, but there is one very special video for you to see. It's another brand new one. Thank you, Lori, for that. And then we will move on to our next things. Thank you all. Take your singing voices and make harmony. you choir thank you all have a great week